everyone. Welcome back to this episode of the Power of Pride series. In this episode of the series, we talk about multiple energies that can be our sangat and how pronouns are a major point of identity. We hope you enjoy this episode and learn from this series. I remember the first time I told my mom that my sangat did not include six, her mind just blew up. She didn't know, like, she didn't disagree. She didn't agree, but she didn't know what it meant. And I was like, well, your sangat is your literal actual community that builds you. Your sad sangat is supposed to be the people of your sangat who bring you closer to the guru. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but there are plenty of non-six that actually bring me closer to the guru than six. My mom, my mom says this often. My, my best friend, Haley comes over to my house a lot of times and my mom sees sick in her my mom sees the guru guru is ever and everyone right but my mom sees her embodying sikki more than like people at gurdwara and dad asked this person my best friend has brought me closer to sikki has been the one person that when i was like hey Haley, i wanna i explained to her like what um uh what taking amrit is like and what that process is and what it means whatever whatever Haley was the only person I've ever met in my entire life. I was like insecure about my body hair. They were the only person that was like, I'll keep my body hair with you. And that blew my mind and it still blows my mind that you're not even a sick. You there's no nothing here and for you to have to do this, but they were like, I'll do it with you. And it's still like it'll bring me to tears every time. But I just I don't like I, for a very long time, I didn't see Saad Sangath that I didn't see Sangath with the label sick. Mm-hmm. Not like what an actual sick is, but the label one. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like Guruji said hello to you from another body. Mm-hmm. And they that's, did. that's just, that's what we're always looking for. That's the point. Like, the idea mm-hmm. is that that is, that is supposed to be our six yeah. who do that for us. Mm-hmm. Condemnation is not a power we have as humans. I'll say it again. Mm -hmm. Condemnation is not a power we have as humans. Go read Japji Sab. It's right there. It's lit. Like there's an entire 40 on it. Mm -hmm. We have the ability to pass disagreement, disapproval, any other sort of dissonance, anything that says, ooh, that's not me. We never, literally do not have the power to condemn. When you read Barney within the context that it was communicated to us, like when Mm -hmm. you read the Shabads that, you know, Guru Nanak Ji wrote, and then you read about what was going on when Guru Nanak Ji was physically on this planet, Mm -hmm. your understanding of Sikhi changes, your understanding of what Guru Sahib is being shared with, what what is sharing with us is changing. Mm -hmm. I'll share just one last thing and then, you know, I feel like I've sort of like kept us from talking more about other things but like yeah. i mean we show of hands who who has heard about guru nanak sahib's uh udasiya right so like everyone essentially um do you know at what point of his, uh, guru sahib's life that happened oh nay early years early years okay yeah early years before guru sahib started communicating barney to us so guru sahib's I believe, maybe not, at least not collecting it in the what then became the Adigrath over time. Um, but what I'm trying to take away from this example, or emphasize this example, is Guru Sahib walked across difference, or what we would call difference today. Other faith practices, other tribal communities, other ways of living, 
all the way into what is now, I believe, Egypt, <laughs> and back, and then went the other way, and then back. Yeah. Gurusa did this and then shared Barney with us. Mm-hmm. Who in this? I think I hear that story in that context, and now I'm like, so Gurusa, there's no way Gurusa could be condemning anyone because Gurusa just went yeah. and saw a whole bunch of difference. And what it now reads when I read Barney and now I read Siki, it's about how to make community among perceived difference. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. That was so beautiful. Cry. That sentence was so pretty. And so true. And we've lost Sorry. that. No, no apologies. Yeah. We've lost that. Oh my gosh, that. yes. Yes. Right? And that is a direct product of the late 1800s and early 1900 reformers who said that we have to create this new box and call it Sikhism because there's mm-hmm. a whole bunch of other political things going on. And yeah. we have, if we're able to distinguish ourselves from all the other political groups as a religion, we are able mm-hmm. to stake, make certain claims for uh, access in the in society, for resources in society, for control over land, for respect mm-hmm. of your practices. Um, and the reason I add all those in is because nothing is ever, at least when we look back historically, uh, nothing mm-hmm. is ever clear cut. So yeah. like these are other people who are also navigating and trying to figure out the best way to live. And we may now say, hey, they did not make decisions that we would think of as good today, to mm-hmm. be fair. They made decisions that would not have been thought good in their own time as well. Yeah. But I'm just trying to be nice to people who aren't alive anymore. Um, but that's exactly it. We, like, Guru, like, we, 1699 are, is when the, what we understand right now as the quote-unquote Rehet of Sikhi, as mm-hmm. what should be, you know, we sort of do this double-dick play. We say Khalsa was initiated, Khalsa Panth was initiated in 1699, and we have to follow Rehet. Yes, we mean the Rehet that was made in 1950. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, but that Rehet has always been there. That is what... I'm, like, literally going through the argument that people make. I'm like, okay, so Khalsa Panth was in 1699. The different missiles had their own Rehets about how to practice this. And then over time... But those were their own practices. Yeah. When you go look yeah, at the yeah. different missiles, they all had their own rehets. There was no singular mm-hmm. rehet. Yeah. So what happened in the late 1800s after the fall of Maharaja Ranjit Singh's empire, after that happened and the British took over, the political context was, oh, hey, let us try and pull these different rehets together. And if you actually look at it, and people have looked at the different missile rehets and then looked at the rehet that eventually was, quote-unquote, institutionalized in the 50s, you will see bits and pieces from all the different missile rehets. But again, going back to what we started with, people want us to take what the world has right now as naturalized rather Mm -hmm. than constructed and made, which means normalized yeah so this isn't to say that the head is irrelevant you just said it doing chore seva helped you come closer to the guru i know when i was in college i was working three jobs in my senior year all my classes were for course credit um i was applying to graduate school i did not keep start keeping my hair or my testad until the second half of my senior year i was going through so much stress and like every morning i would wake up to sort of trim my my beard now um 
at that time, whiskers is what they were. Uh, but in order to do that, you have to wake up at like 20 minutes earlier. And I was so tired, I could not wake up those extra 20 minutes. But I still had enough time in the morning to start doing Japti Sab. And I was like, you know what? I don't know. This just feels right. And I started doing that instead of shaving my hair every morning. It became so my meditative practice in the morning. I wasn't doing it because yeah. the Dahith from 1950 told me I needed to do Japji Sab and all the other Barneys in order to be X, Y, and Z. I did it because Gurudi Pukar certainly. You know, Cheek Andro Agi Naib Aro Agi. Yeah. You didn't just hear yeah. it, Samjgi. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. For a thousand percent. Yeah, I, I, I'll wrap that up, that thought of just a saying in the sense of like, yes. We have a priestly class and a priestly way of approaching our sikhi. And if we just listen to ourselves and what I, and I wrote about this once in Gaur uh, Life, if we think about it as sikhi's embodied practice, the way that we have always, or different ways that we've embodied sikhi from before 1699, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Unless you want to say all those six who did not keep their hair beforehand were not six, even though they were following Guru Sahib. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, like, we're, these laws, these rules, these universals sometimes that we create and project backwards just don't hold up historically. No, and they don't. And mm -hmm. one thing that holds no. it all together in the subcontinent is a caste hierarchy. But we can talk about yeah. that later. But that's yeah, the one no. thing that's held it together over all the shifts of the millennia. <laughs> and what I'm, in the helpful point here, I'm talking about caste system as a structure. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm not talking about it as like individual prejudice. Oh, you said something bad about that person because of a stereotype that you hold. That's also mm -hmm. terrible. You should work on that if you do that. Uh, but what I'm talking about by casteism being a connective thread here is casteism is based off of the idea that certain people are supposed to do certain roles in society because of the impurity or purity of their previous life. Yeah. That's different than our Sikhi theory of karm, which, it was so funny, it was actually today's hukam from home, was literally like, you commit sins here, you are not born sinful, is like the English translation of the Shabbat. And I was like, yeah, yeah. that's an anti-caste principle that we, as contemporary people in 2000, don't even know how to read it as anti-caste practice, because we don't understand Barney in the context it was communicated to us in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think Rehith has a purpose. I, I think the reason, partly why it was, it's so revered and thought of as like a religious doctrine is because there's just that, that's, there's just a very long history of needing to be told how to, of having a mediator between you and the Guru, between you and your mm -hmm. God. People mm. accept That's what the, the priest is for. Yes. That's why Sikhi doesn't have priests. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> there is no one between the guru and me except for me. Home. Ego. And, like, personally, like I was saying earlier, I think it has a purpose in its own world. But, yes, you are right. We use it as a rule book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to now go into pronouns. I'm so excited. Okay. So, what are pronouns? Let's start there. And um, and then, then we'll continue. Yeah. 
Uh, very simply, pronouns are he, him, she, her, they, them, theirs. It's ways that we, it's a third person way of referring to someone else. That's literally mm -hmm. it is. It's grammar. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's grammar. So, Not what every do they language have to... has them. Sorry, I, before I forget. That's true. No, you're right. It is a way of referring to other people other than yourself. I apologize for cutting you off. Um, no, you're good. And it's, we don't have pronouns in every language. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, in Punjabi, yeah. we say, onnanu, or onnan. Mm -hmm. We don't mm -hmm. actually have, like, a he, she, they in the way that English yeah. does. Right? Uh -huh. So There's um, Punjabi, Hindi, Urdu, Spanish, French. They're all, and they all, I've seen the similarity, they're all with endings. It's not specifically pronouns. Yeah, and it's, and even then, it's, we like to say that that's masculine and feminine. And if you talk to a linguist, or if you just talk to me, I will say, I'm sorry, when did that language grow a penis? Because, like, again, the gender binaries, gender binaries yeah. cannot operate without some association or some assumption about sex organs. So if you're trying to say that this conjugation is always only uh, masculine or only always feminine, like... Sometimes it's just the rule of grammar that you put an O at the end. It doesn't have anything to do with masculinity. That may just be how we started referring to it. And that is totally fine. But I think we need to be very careful when folks say, like, you know, it's usually in romance languages. They're like, yeah, it's masculine and feminine. How am I ever supposed to fit a they in there? And I'm always like, do you not have a plural? Yeah. I was like, so yes. Very simply, pronouns are an, a way of referring to another entity, usually another person who is not yourself. And based on languages, they may or may not exist, or they may have different ways. Like, languages have their own ways of referring to other people, and it may not be in the form of a pronoun. That's true. Now that you've explained what pronouns are, they're just ways that people use to identify themselves. And I have friends um, who are non-binary who use... Um, they, them pronouns, um, they were born with female genitalia, sex organs, um, but they are non-binary and they use they, them pronouns. They, uh, they also actually use he, him pronouns. I want to quickly let our listeners know that sometimes people will use two sets of pronouns. So I use she, they pronouns. I have friends who use she, they pronouns. I have friends who use they he pronouns something i've learned is that whichever pronoun comes whichever set of pronouns comes first that's what they're most comfortable with and uh, that's something i've learned i'm not sure if that's true for everyone but from that's what i've seen recently and so that's a good thing to keep in mind and my revelation has recently been that i have felt most connected with she they pronouns and so this is something that's been really incredibly peaceful for me and identify with she they pronouns or they she i'm actually not completely sure which one i'm most comfortable with yet but right now we're going with she they since i've learned more about pronouns and um how they can make one feel comfortable i've had like an inkling that maybe they them pronouns are ones that i can use best to identify myself and i feel most connected to however I have never experienced any kind of gender dysphoria or body dysmorphia when it comes to like my parts or my gender. I'm cool with my femme personality and like um, I've never felt more masculine or more like a man. I've always been really comfortable with who I am. So it's never been like a, I'm not comfortable with who I am. It's 
kind of this is a feeling of it's it's more of like an add-on to another way I feel comfortable so my connection with my pronouns is like completely spiritual to me so I use they them pronouns for Vaikuru because to me Agalpurik is genderless as I mentioned before and that and they're that um they are an incredibly powerful energy but they don't have a gender as per Bani and Sikh history and it's like the basic fundament of Sikhi so by repercussion by repercussion I feel most spiritually connected with they them pronouns and that's how I choose to identify with myself I still feel connected to my she her pronouns because I've never had any sort of gender dysphoria or body dysmorphia and I'm comfortable with every part of myself in that sense but this was been this has been like a really cool coming to life moment for me and if I'm also being really honest I think Brooklyn we spoke to you in April maybe like I want to say like three or four weeks ago we spoke and that was like the moment where I was like okay like I, it really gave me like the courage and like feeling comfortable like yeah no 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 this is how I identify, I identify myself and this is what I feel most comfortable with also my cousin and I, and I like I want to let everyone know that my cousin and I fangirl over Prabhdeep 24-7 I just want to let people know that that 1000% happens you are so cool okay I'm done with my rant I will <laughs> I was waiting to say how at the end of what you had said and shared and then you threw in that random thing about me and I'm like I'm not a howing that but (laughs) (laughs) everything before that (laughs) oh Rahal that's so cute oh my gosh that would have been yeah that's adorable I'm like yes because that's the point like so like you were saying so pronouns Actually, based off what you were saying, I'll revise my definition. Pronouns do two things. One is that we use them to refer to someone else who is not ourselves. And two, as we've now had a group, we have a better language to talk about our identities, both in terms of sexual identities, gender identities, um, what a, you know, potentially racialized identity is, we can say that folks also use pronouns as a way to share their own gender identity with people. That's Mm -hmm. not always the case. So that's why I refer to the first one usually, because that's how most people will think of it. But you are completely right. It is how folks are increasingly, now that we have this expanded vocabulary, using it as a way to communicate our own gender identity, or at least our own, the way that we would like to be referred to by others. Mm -hmm. So I personally, I used to be very, so I'll tell you my pronoun story since you showed me yours. I didn't start using my they and them pronouns full time up until a few years ago. Um, So for folks who are in their 20s or 30s or 40s, like your pronouns can change whatever you want, loves. Because the point is that I first started off and it was in a lot of online sort of spaces and just like being open to new ideas and seeing other people identify with different pronouns that I was used to, that I slowly, I remember this was very stressful, I added he, they pronouns to my Twitter bio. So for me, he, they was a way for me to explore they and explore away from he while also not feeling completely like lost at sea. And what I noticed was that as people started referring to me as with they like you're sort of saying I started feeling less of a dissonance I was like oh that that random feeling that weirdness that I've always like felt with he is no longer there yeah and then I used that it was like three or four months of just like quiet I called it my soft launch of my pronouns (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> because after I did it to a bunch of strangers online, just in my Twitter bio, I texted my immediate close people who I talk to regularly. And I was, I remember it was like the January 1st. And I was like, I'm starting this year honoring myself because I deserve to respect myself. Yes. And I owe that to myself. Mm-hmm. And that's when I personally stopped using he and then have since always used they. The only people, the only people who use he for me that I actually let use he without sort of like a pushback or something like that is actually my parents. And there's a story behind this. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to see now, like I feel like I was growing up right around the time the pronoun conversation was starting and really taking off. And now Mm -hmm. to be at the other end of it, um, seeing it now like as you should have been. You all have been raised with the opportunity and the the idea that you are allowed to pick, have a different pronoun, use a different one, because you are a human and you should be allowed to, Yeah, exactly. But that that was revolutionary. Like, that was, Mm -hmm. that would have been, I would have been sent to the school counselor if I had tried doing that at any stage Mm -hmm. of my K-12, right? Yeah. So, with my parents, so with my dad, the reason I've never, they know that I obviously express my gender uh, in very different ways than they expect. I haven't really communicated non-binary to them and haven't communicated they to them personally because, one, my sister told me a story that she overheard my dad talking to a friend of his, and as they were catching up, he just threw it out there. He was like, yeah, you know, so-and-so is going on. Like, how, how... dads usually talk to other dads about this happened, that happened, that happened. And then the ball was like, yeah, and then he threw in, yeah, Prateep doesn't see himself as a man or a woman, and he's good, just continuing on in school. And, like, I had to double, like, I got almost, like, whiplash hearing that. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm, like, I've had conversations with my dad about, like, why I express myself the way I do, but I've always tried to stay away from, like, categories. Because I feel like Mm -hmm. then my dad sort of feels like he has to learn new words or new terminology. And I feel like my parents are very much old dogs, new tricks, just doesn't work as easy. So, like, I pick and choose my battles very carefully. But to find out that my dad understood that I don't see myself that way and I don't carry myself that way through this world and was able Mm -hmm. to tell someone else meant more to me in the long term and in the present than my dad uncritically or not understanding what they meant and then using it anyway. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, to me, beautiful. thank you. I mean, to me, what it meant was my dad may be using he, but he's saying they mm-hmm. in yeah. his own language. And if I really want to do, maybe one day I will have him change. Yeah. But to me, like, it doesn't carry the same harm and threat that it that it does when a stranger uses it. Because when a stranger uses it, I have no idea where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. When my dad uses it, I know exactly where it's coming from, right? So with strangers, I'm like, you only have one option. You don't have another option. (laughs) There's only one available to you. Um, And the same thing with my mom. She has stopped asking me to like tone things down. She stopped asking me to paint my nails, you know? Stop asking, Mm -hmm. like don't post pictures and things. She stopped doing that, which means, Mm Like, this is a little bit of, like, you have to understand who your parent is and understand their language. And Mm -hmm. for her, that is the equivalent of what my dad did. Yeah. Because my mom does not stop nagging when it comes to those sorts of things. If she has it in her head that what she thinks is right, any opportunity she gets, she will use it as a chance to say, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be doing that. But so for her to stop doing that, Mm -hmm. it, it, for me, so then I'm like, that's why for the two of them, when they... They usually refer to me as Brubdeep anyway. So, like, 
it's very rare that they'll actually... I don't feel misgendered when they use it because I know where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. Going back to earlier, I don't always have that guarantee with strangers. So that's my pronoun journey. And Mm -hmm. I think that sort of connects a little bit as I was getting older. So after I started getting really settled into they and them, and I was like, wow, it's just a breath of fresh air. It is. Mm -hmm. Right? And I don't know if it's because you get to leave the house, the binary house, and you're like, wow, there's sunshine out here that really works for me. You know how, like, Superman or Supergirl on Earth, because it's just, like, that sun makes them twice as strong or something like that? Mm -hmm. It felt like that. I was like, nothing has changed except for my environment and the way that I want to move through the environment. And it Mm -hmm. felt different, you know? Over time, like I mentioned earlier... I started thinking, I was like, wait, I don't speak just in English. And then I, people started asking me, and they're like, oh, it, how would you how would you want to be referred to in Punjabi? And that's when I started thinking about, like, what would my pronoun in Punjabi be? What is the... In Punjabi, we conjugate verbs, and we refer to first person or third person, or like second mm-hmm. person, right? We don't really have a pronoun for third person, right. other than onane. Yeah. <laughs> So I was like, well, if pronouns are a way to refer to someone else who is not yourself, I like to think of myself as everyone's sister. Mm-hmm. So people can use thee as a pronoun for me. And I say lovingly masiji because like within queer circles or just like in Punjabi six spaces, there is a sense of wanting to respect age differences, even if it's yeah. not like, oh, you're so much better. There's just a sense of like, we want to honor the fact that you have a something to... Yeah stand on top of that we don't um Mm -hmm. so for me it sort of did the both of like you know my mossies have a unique place in my life lovingly Mm -hmm. and non-lovingly so that's why (laughs) i say lovingly you can call me mossy g yeah (laughs) because it's again these are just mm -hmm. ways of referring to ourselves and having other people refer to us yeah i um can i steal lovingly mossy g from you gladly this is what I, I often tell people, um, pronouns are an invitation to respect me. Yeah. You don't have to respect me. I'm giving you an yeah. invitation to celebrate me. And if exactly. you're saying no thanks, no thanks then. To you too. <laughs> Sucks for you. There's so We're having so much fun here. Sucks you can't be, join us. Like, I'm right. so sorry. It's exactly yeah. that sort of thing. And I think that's, I, I personally think of it. I mean, this is, and it's not always possible, right? Some people are regularly targeted and misgendered as a way of putting them, quote unquote, in their place. So, yeah. like, the whole conversation we had for them, it could be like a very deep, deep matter to not, mm-hmm. to like have their pronouns always honored. And like, they may not have the same relationship or dynamic with their parents. So they see like an exception that I make for my parents as like actually very violent to their life experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to be able to hold, like, hold on to that because, like, again, the whole point of this is an invitation. Yeah. We are all, before we've all been told how to relate to each other, and now we're at a moment or a period of time where not only are people rethinking how we're related to each other in terms of gender, we're rethinking how we're related to each other in terms of families, in terms of sangat, mm-hmm. in terms of people across nations. Like, yeah. there are people, like... Folks are organizing and connecting with people across the world, right? And we, mm-hmm. it's our choice of, like, Guru Sahib did on uh, their Udasis. We either learn to find a language that speaks to everyone, or we decide to pick our own and then dominate others. Yeah. So Instagram recently brought this new feature of adding 
pronouns to one's bio where you can go in and add she, her, hers, they, whichever words, and it'll put it all together. You can add, I think, up to six or something like that. And I saw it and I thought it was a really good thing. And then I saw Broke Deep Story and I really want to know your viewpoint on it because you were mentioning something I didn't completely understand. Yeah. So to be clear, I am an opinionated person. So even mm -hmm. when I like things, I'll have an opinion. So I have, at, like, and I think anyone who's been listening to this conversation, my, I don't like boxes. Yeah. I don't think Siki likes boxes. I think boxes may be helpful for temporary periods as we like get a hold of like the mess of the world. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, my goal in life is not to sit in a box and build a house in that box. Yeah. So I thought the rolling out of the pronoun feature is wonderful uh, in general. Because, I mean, like, gay dating apps have had that feature for ages. <laughs> so, like, this isn't revolutionary to me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it was cool because that's what we call a structural change. Everyone now is invited to put their pronouns in. So now it's less of an issue of, like, certain people feeling, like, you know, ostracized. Like, I think we had talked before of, like, people are like, oh, it feels so weird. No one else is doing it. Why should I do it? When yeah. really what they mean is no one else in their friend group or people that they think are cool are doing it. So why should they do it? I think the update is great in that way. And I think for a lot of people who, like we were talking about, who have pronouns that can be recognized, that's wonderful. And I have nothing mm -hmm. against that. I would not say, hey, get rid of the whole thing altogether. Mm -hmm. My personal ugh or like frustration was mm -hmm. that you can only pick one. Like, so you have to type one in and then one pops up according to what you're typing, right? Yeah. Gay dating so. apps, either you can type in one of your own or they're pre-selected and you just check mark the ones. Okay. For me, what was frustrating about it was I can't put the in there. Oh, now, okay. I can't yeah. put Masiji in there. Oh, you're right. So Instagram has provided a structural solution, <laughs> oh my but God. Yeah. they provided a structural solution that fits, I mean, I know at least for English languages, a handful mm. of other languages, but are like, so basically now we've created this infrastructure <laughs> because we, because we, we don't like people living as question marks. We've created an infrastructure now where I could put they, them, and theirs in there. It's fine. It's cool. But you know what response you get when you type in one that they don't recognize? Mm -hmm. You can add additional ones in your bio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Mm -hmm. I know that, like, I was talking to other people, and that what we decided was this was probably, like, their solution for, like, people who would put, like, toilet or trash as their pronouns, so, like, to avoid trolling, right? And I think that's cool. I think that does the issue. Um... I'm just like, as someone who has been living this for many years and is in a very different place, this is a solution that speaks to a certain segment mm -hmm. of people. So I was sort of in that space of like, I'm really happy for those that this works with, but yeah. so close. So close. Yeah. So close, yeah. I think my story was a little bit more of just me reacting. Uh, no, no, um, I agree. I actually understand it. Yeah. But yeah, you know, like, the, for folks who are doing this and are using this as a way to, like, you know, you've said how much it meant to you to see the and Masiji. Like... Yeah, I did. I can't do that. Or, like, other no. people who are doing mm -hmm. similar things, because I'm not unique. I'm sure there are hundreds, thousands of people doing the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. and we're just hitting up against the same wall of, like, here was an opportunity to really change the game. Yeah. One thing that I kind of thought about is, like, I don't want it to become a trend. Because... Mm. 
it's not you know it, it's, yeah it isn't like a new trend that was one thing that me and a friend were talking about the other thing was that now you don't know who are like a, a while ago and i'm i am cisgender so i find it incredibly important that it's not just a, um, it's not just for trans people and non-binary people to put their pronouns in their bio it's for cisgender people so yeah. that trans people and non-binary people know who are safe people that they can go to and talk to and and who isn't transphobic you know and who isn't like going to attack you and hurt you with this it's like okay if everyone hops on a trend you don't really know where your safety is mm. somewhat you know uh so that just is something that concerns me a little bit but i'll write a letter letter yeah. to instagram and maybe yeah do don't worry you're just a little ahead of your time this happens every time they come out with the solution yeah. that's tried to be very broad and tries to meet a lot of people's issues except mm-hmm. for the fact that it tends to erase the strategies that the people who led this who yeah. were part of the initial sort of like mm, can you like create space for us um mm-hmm. It sort of, you know, it doesn't really, like... I mean, we had this in academia. Like, everyone goes around and introduces their pronouns, and I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. I, though, teach my class in a way that I do not need to know your pronoun. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, your pronouns are an invitation yeah. for me into your world. So yeah. it's better for me to presume a third-person, non-gendered pronoun and operate mm-hmm. from that place. And then if mm-hmm. people are like telling me or sharing specifically other sorts of experiences then I can work with that but sort of like it gets around that like the whole for me I saw the point of people sort of sharing their pronouns as a way for us to start thinking about how to not unnecessarily gender our language and instead we just sort of found another way to like create an app an infrastructure to gender it more and that's gonna it, it just you know, this is why folks talk about abolition rather than reform. Because sometimes yeah. when you get into a system and you try to make more space for it, you just make the system bigger. Mm-hmm. That's true. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode from the Power of Pride series. We hope that the Sangat listening to this will benefit from this conversation. We want to clarify that these are vulnerable conversations that are varying viewpoints from our guests, our hosts, and others. At no point has our intention been to force or push an agenda moving forward. Thank you for joining in on this discussion. We would really appreciate it if you could follow us on Instagram at Sixteens and at Rahau Podcast. You can find Prabhdeep's Instagram tag below in the bio. Vai Guchika Kalsa, Vai Guchiki Fateh.